This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello and welcome to Moonshine and Scoreboards episode 24. I'm your host, Kevin, and this week I'm joined by my co-host, Justin. Justin, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, Kevin. After a week off, I feel refreshed and ready to dive back in to the sports chat and the moonshine. Who, who brought the moonshine? I, I always provide the moonshine. Oh, great. Always. I'm the moonshine guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I. we did take last week off kind of just like uh, to recuperate from the Super Bowl. Uh, congratulations to the Chiefs and Taylor Swift, of course. Um, and, you know, recharge as we get ready to go into basketball and baseball season. But we are back. We are ready to roll. Justin feels good. I feel good. Landon is Recovering. on his way back. <laughs> um, but he'll be back next week for sure. Um, and we are ready to talk some sports. And I guess we'll start with the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, the basketball team, the basketballs, as you might call them, they played a couple of games this last week. Yeah. Um, a couple of wins. Couple uh, of yep. We, we, dubs are always good. Um, before I get too far into the basketballs, I do want to say the baseball team started as well. Uh, one, Two of their games in Texas lost to Oklahoma on extra innings and then won their home opener uh, on Tuesday night, um, Wednesday night. They've won two at home now, yeah. Oh, they've they've won two games at home. Yeah, they played two back-to-back home games. Oh, okay. And so they've won two. We will talk more about Vol Baseball when Vol Baseball kind of gets cooking a little bit. Right now you're not playing the best teams, uh, so it's, you know – not too crazy right now. Once SEC play starts, that's when it kind of ramps up. Um, but back to basketball, who's already in SEC play, almost done with SEC play. We only got five games left. That's I know, crazy. Yeah, season. I know it. The season has flown by. Um, we'll start with the Vanderbilt game. Tennessee wins pretty easily, uh, I believe. Oh, I believe they won by like 38. Yeah, it was almost 40. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was a nice, uh, uh, that day I had a nice little parlay um, with Tennessee baseball to win and Tennessee basketball to cover the 19 and a half point spread. And about, with about five minutes left in the first quarter, I was like, okay, or first half, I was like, okay. I feel pretty good about this. <laughs> the baseball yeah. team had already won, and so I was like, okay, I'm not not really sweating this, so we're good. Um, but yeah, I was actually able to go to this game, and I guess we'll start with, what do you want to start with, my thoughts on the game, or do you want to start with, you know, like my thoughts on the experience, or do you want to talk about the game first? Well, talk about your experience, yeah. I, I always love to hear what it was like to be there where it happened. Yeah, okay. Well, I will say this. The atmosphere was great. There was a couple of empty seats. I mean, it's a Vanderbilt. Um, But this was the first game at Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center at Pat Summit Court that I've been to in a while. I think the last game I went to was 
like the Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams years against Florida. Um, wow. So it's been a little while. Yeah, yeah. it's been a bit. Um, I will say this. It was loud at some points. You know, it was like we said, it was a 40-point game almost, so it wasn't really, you know, that loud. Um, Jerry Stackhouse, I've, I kind of felt bad for him. <laughs> uh, he's the head coach at Vanderbilt. But you could tell, like, before the game even started that he – he knew what was going to happen. Like he wasn't really coaching that much. He was kind of just going through the motions. He was like, let me just get this out of the way because we're about to get obliterated. And I don't know how much they showed of him on the broadcast, but I don't think he got out of his chair more than a couple of times throughout the entire game. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, well, yeah, you kind of had that one coming. Mm -hmm. Um, The I will say one big takeaway I had, Tobey Awaka. Yeah. He's a big dude in person. Like very large human being in person. I I I saw him and I was like, dude, he looks like he could play tight end. Like yeah. he he's I mean, obviously he's tall. He's he plays basketball, right? Um but he is like built. He's 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 got some yeah, he's mask thick. on him. Yeah, he's he, is he? He's a thick he, boy. Is he six eight? I think he's like. I think six. he's. Yeah, I think he's like six seven, six eight. Um, he, he's big. He's a lot bigger in person than he looks like on the on the TV. Um, that that was very startling to me. Dalton Kinnett is also very tall. Yeah, he's tall, but he's he he's also he's skinnier in person. It's almost the exact opposite. He's a lot skinnier in person. Then he looks on the TV where Awaka looks like they took away almost 50 pounds of him on TV. I mean, it's like, weird. damn, dude, you are a large you, human being. You saying that, sorry to interject this, but it just reminded me, do you remember Stanley Asumnu when he played on the basketball team? He was like... Uh, he How was long like, ago was that? That wasn't that long ago, right? It wasn't that long ago. I want to say maybe 10 years um, at most. But he The name was, rings a bell. He was built about the same as a Waka, maybe a little skinnier, but still pretty uh, muscular and about six eight. And he was super athletic, and and he contributed a little bit to the basketball team. He was mostly like he came off the bench, and he was good to give you some hustle minutes. Uh, but he ended up uh, joining the football team as a tight end, and really? everybody had high hopes that he was going to contribute to the passing game. I don't think he ever caught a pass. But it, you saying that it just made me think of like, oh man, like maybe if we need a walk, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think we're. I think if we need a walk, a worst case scenario, he can at least put a couple of good blocks on some defensive ends or linebackers because he is built <laughs> like a brick house. I mean, yeah. he is he is large. Um, my second takeaway: this is going to be a controversial one, and I'm interested to know what you what you think about it. And I want to preface it by saying I know I sound like an idiot. Oh. But we were we, we got there and the first thing I said to my father-in-law who my my in-laws took us um the first thing I said to my father-in-law while we were waiting in line for a hot dog was I miss the days that Tennessee was not good at athletics. <laughs> because the amount of people <laughs> 
in these arenas <laughs> are crazy. I don't I don't understand. Um the the parking. So now I'm gonna complain a little bit. <laughs> the parking. I, listen, man. I've been fortunate enough to be to go to a lot of sporting events in my life, okay? Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, to the Day- Daytona 500 a couple of times. Uh, I've been to a good amount of college football games, both at Tennessee and other venues. I've been to Athens, Georgia. I've been to a Miami game. I've been to Notre Dame. Um, been to a good amount of Yankees games in Yankee Stadium, Devil Rays games in Tampa, Buccaneers games, Titans games, you know, Lightning games. I've been to a lot. You have okay? seen sports in person. I have seen sports in person. I have never in my entire life seen parking as big of an issue <laughs> as it is at the university of Tennessee mm. ever for basketball, for baseball and for football. Yeah. It's, it's atrocious. I know that you took the, the, the shuttle when you went to the football game this year. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. There, uh, I've thought about it for the last couple of days. I'm like, there has to be a solution. There has to be a solution that Danny White can get on. I know Danny White was the AD at UCF, so I know that he's talked to Bob Iger. I know that he's talked to Josh Damar. I, I know he's been to Disney World. You know, he's got to be able to get on the line and be like, hey, how do you guys do your parking? Because, you know, here, it's a shit show. It's a shit show. If the game tips off at six o'clock, we left my house, which I live about 30 minutes away from Thompson Bowling. Mm-hmm. We left my house at 415. Mm-hmm. And my wife and my mother and my father-in-law were like, oh, this is crazy. I don't know why we're leaving so early, you know, complaining about it. We didn't walk into the, to the stadium until like 610. <laughs> I was like, there's, there's no way that it took almost two hours yeah, that's to wild. get from my house into the stadium. There's no way. And we had a parking pass. Wow. So, so yeah. And then leaving was another clusterfuck. I mean, it's like, I, I think what they do is they have the, which I don't understand why they do this. They close the road. And they shuttle all the parking garages and all the parking onto one road, one lane roads. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 for the life of me, I've never understood why they do that. They do that for football and they do that for basketball. They make everybody come in one way. You got yeah. one way to get in and one way to get out. And if you don't like that, tough nuggets. Yeah. And I, I just think that that is just stupid. It's very stupid, um, and it, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, I understand that your campus is in the middle of downtown Knoxville that is only, like, two-lane roads in downtown Knoxville. I get that, but I don't know. I feel like when I go to, like, these other colleges, their the parking situations, I mean, you're in and out. Yeah. Um, and here it's like, you know, you come to a game and all of the joy and the excitement that you get from the game is gone when you get to the car because you're like, shit, I got to deal with this. I'm going to be in this traffic for two hours. I mean, we literally didn't get out of our, we didn't get on the interstate until the post game show was done. Wow. 
yeah. Bob Kessling and Bert Bertelkamp had already given out the player of the game. <laughs> I mean, I was like, dude. And we left with seven minutes to go in the game. Wow. We didn't even stay the whole game. And we still, you still didn't, didn't get, get to the interstate until, until the postgame show was done. I was like, this is crazy. And it'd be, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he made a good point. He was like, it's almost better to just watch it on the couch. And I was like, yeah, because you don't have to deal with this. I mean, he almost hit two people <laughs> coming out because people just walk out in front of cars that are backing up. Um, football, football's worse. Yeah. Because instead of, I don't even well, know how many people Thompson Bowling Arena holds. It's but like instead 7, of like, it's, it's yeah, instead of 17,000. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, they say 102,000, but you know, there's like 104,000 people there. Mm-hmm. Um, you got that, and that is just Lord help you if you don't get to the football, if you don't get to downtown Knoxville six hours before the game starts, right? Because yeah. you're, you're you're not getting out. It's so, going to take you six hours to get out. I have several thoughts. One of them is you sound like a grumpy old man, Kevin. That's I know, I know, I do. <laughs> Number two, the assertion that you wish our athletics programs were worse just so you didn't have to hassle with that many people going to the games is ridiculous and you uh, are joking you cannot be serious i i know man i know <laughs> I, it's, um, I i sounded I, I felt like an idiot thinking about it and i was like this is such a stupid take but, but i will say i i now i haven't been to a tennessee basketball game in in years um probably yeah, it's probably been longer than the last time you went. Um, mm-hmm. But I used to go, and it was much easier to get in and out. Now, I never tried to park in the main garage. I would usually park somewhere else on campus. And so you got to deal with the walking. You're you're making a trade-off. You're either parking close or you park far away and you have to walk. But when you get to your car, it's easier to get it get out usually. Straight shot, yeah. Um. So that's what I always did for basketball, and it wasn't that big of a headache. It sounds like it's gotten pretty bad, which that sucks. Um, but I will say you talking about the the way that Tennessee, like the UTPD, shut down lanes and try to like dictate only one lane in and one lane out. They do that shit for football, too. And it never makes sense because and they're always like, no, you this way you, you want to turn right on this road because that's your straight shot. No, sorry. You have to turn left and go all the way down and then come back. And they've always yeah. done stuff like that. And my feeling is the situation may be a little more chaotic. But it would be so much better if you just had nothing, like no yeah. police out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I you could have like one police officer in case there's a wreck or something. Like have them, you know, on patrol, ready to go in case there's a wreck. But to have, listen. Yeah. Listen, to have these college guys, these college UTP, UTPD officers who not to disrespect, but you work for UT. You work for UTPD. You're not, you know, you're not like a Tennessee Sheriff Department officer. You, you, work, for, you work for the college. You're, you're a glorified mock-up. To have you directing traffic is the equivalent of, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves that people do here, is when there's a wreck on the side of the road, you have these random hillbilly bumfucks come out from their cars and be like, oh, I'm going to direct traffic. This is It's my time to shine. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, I will hit you. Get back in your car. I'm not listening to you. You don't have a badge. You don't have to tell me what to do. Get back in your car or I'm going to hit you. 
You know, I'm, I, I hate it when people do that because yeah. nobody does that in Florida. They don't do that shit anywhere else. No, because nobody wants to help you in Florida. It's different. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the only place that I've seen people do that where there's a record like, oh, let me get out and direct traffic. You don't have to direct traffic. They're on the side of the road. Like, this is not your time to shine, Paul, buddy, pal. Hill, Bill, you know, whatever your name is, you don't go back to your cornfield, go tend to the cows and, and let me drive. You know, it, it pisses me off. Um, I can tell. This is a trigger for you. It, it's a trigger. And so I don't know. Do I wish that Tennessee athletics was worse? No, I don't. That's a stupid thing to say. Do I, do I miss the glory days of, you know, 2,000 fans at Thompson Bowling Arena instead of 17,000? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> do I miss the glory days of $2 Tuesdays at Lindsey Nelson Field instead of $210 Saturdays at Lindsey Nelson Field? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, because, hey. you know, I remember in, in high school, as a senior in high school, me and my dad would go to the games even on the weekends, and it would be $10 for a ticket. There'd be yeah. nobody there. There'd probably be 100 people at the, at the stadium. And you'd get gen admission seating and sit on the first base bleachers and just watch a college baseball game like a normal person. Now, you know, it's February and Tennessee baseball tickets are $200. I'm like, buddy, I can go see the Yankees or cheaper. The New York Yankees, a professional team. I can go see them for less money. (laughs) You know, it's like, damn, this is crazy, you know, but that's my grumpy old man take. Let's get to the game. Great. Let me get, Let's talk about the game. Also, just let me let me put a button on the Stanley Assume new thing. I was wrong. He played. It was twenty years ago when he played for Tennessee. It was oh, okay. <laughs> he was there two thousand two to two thousand six. Um, and but he did play for the football team in in two thousand five two thousand. Yeah. Uh, well, dual sport athletes. We like that. He We're was. a fan of that. Yeah. Um, all right. The games. All right. So the game. Uh, the game against Vanderbilt it was kind of a blowout. All the starters had double figures. Um, they enjoyed a, a, a light workload. I, I think most minutes a starter played was like 17, 18 minutes, which isn't a whole lot. But, you know, that, it's a nice little night off. Uh, we had 11 guys play double-digit minutes, which is wild. Um, Cameron Carr got in, still undefeated when Cameron Carr plays. Um <laughs> Tobey Awaka had another good game with nine points off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was it was a, it was an easy it was an easy win. It was an easy win. What were your thoughts uh, from from the house watching that one? Um, I felt like it was a game we needed. Uh, we've talked all season about how it's a grind. The SEC schedule is a grind, and our offense is so dependent on a very few amount of people, mainly Dalton connect that it's nice to have a little bit of a a break where it's not a squeaker and we can let some other guys play and he can maybe take a little break. So that was good. It did look like we were playing a team that just was uninterested, totally defeated. And like you said, they weren't being coached. So I can't believe Stackhouse is still the coach as we're speaking right now. There were rumors that he was going to resign, and then he's come out and I think he said some weird stuff. Who knows what is happening there? But, uh, yeah, uh, Vanderbilt is really bad, really bad. It's it's crazy how fast they've gotten so bad because they used to not be – I mean, they used to be able to give us a game. 
Well, and didn't they before we played them? Didn't they just beat Arkansas? Or am I? Or was yeah. that? It was. No, they yeah, did. Yeah, Vanderbilt beat Arkansas. Like they had those spurts where they they showed that they can play some basketball, and then they just they were totally. It, it's kind of like you said. Maybe they just they were defeated before they walked on the court. So. Yeah. It was nice though. Like I do like seeing the young guys get in. I think it's funny watching Cameron Carr because I know the guy's a shooter and he's a set shooter. Um, I think it was after it was after this game where a reporter asked him if he has the green or if he always had the green light to shoot in high school, and he said he did. And they said, "Do you have the green light now?" And he said, "No." You wouldn't know it to watch him because no, he puts up threes from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, he will. <laughs> He launches. My it. man will pull up from the logo if he can. Like he but I does like, not care. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But I like it because I like the confidence, and we do need him to develop as a shooter. We're going to need him. So yeah. Um. And, so yeah, I think that's fine. But yeah, all in all, I think it's a game we needed, and we we took care of business the way that Tennessee needed to, to take care of it. And then it was on to the next. Yeah, on to the next. We went to Central Missouri, Como to play the Missouri Tigers um, didn't go very well. No. Did not go very well. I think we were a 13-point favorite, 13-and-a-half-point favorite, something like that. First half, we were down. Uh, we, were, we couldn't buy a bucket. I think the score was like 26 to like 22 or something like that. It was, yeah, um, it, was, it, was a, it was a snooze fest. It, was a, it was a brick show. We scored 20 points in the first five minutes against Vanderbilt. You know, this was like, I was like, yo, where's the offense that I saw? This is crazy. Um, But we did have a big second half uh, outscoring Missouri 46 to 38 to get the win uh, by a score of 72 67. Tobey Awaka in the first half was the only offense pretty much. I mean, Dalton Connect had two points, um, didn't make a field goal. His only two points were on free throws. Um, Awaka led the way with 18 points off the bench and 10 rebounds. Yeah, double-double double, um, Awaka. Double-double carried us, carried us in the first half and kind of, you know, didn't, get, didn't let the score get way out of hand because you did know that Kinnett was going to wake up eventually. He wasn't going to finish the two points. Right. Um, and he didn't. He did have 17 and 10, uh, another double-double for him. Um and so a 15-point second half was was pretty good, pretty needed. Uh, Zakai Ziegler added 10, and Jonas Adu added 14 for the Vols. Um, just a nice, hard-fought win to compare to the game before that was a beatdown. Uh, it, w- it was nice to see Tennessee go on the road and get it done, especially in that second half. Yeah. I was just going to make the point that we always talk about it is difficult to win road games in the SEC. It doesn't really matter who you're playing against. And to illustrate that point, even Alabama, who's currently number one in the conference with a um, 11 and two record, they, they've lost on the road. I mean, you know, so, and that was at, that was at UT, um, <laughs> one of their losses. Um, and I'm not sure exactly where the other one is, but I mean, like but they've struggled on the road. They've, they've struggled on the road. They they had a good game against Auburn um, at Auburn. Um, but, yeah, they, but they've struggled. struggled. Um, oh, no, no, no. That was I'm thinking of Kentucky had a good game at Auburn. That was that was yeah, I think, that's the game I watched. Yeah. My, so anyway, uh, without confusing myself more, um, it's just it's it's difficult. And you don't you know, you don't take those road 
wins for granted. Now, Missouri, I said Vanderbilt's bad. Missouri is worse. They haven't won an SEC game. Yeah, Missouri um, is really bad. <laughs> so, uh, long past the days of Conzo Martin. Yeah, I and, bet they miss the days of Conzo. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. They were better with Conzo. Uh, but to your point, winning on the road, I mean, you're – I feel like you see it every year, but I feel like you see it a lot more this year. These top teams, they go on the road and and they lose. We just saw it this week. UConn went on the road to Creighton and number one team in the nation and lost um, to Fenny National Champion. And everybody was saying, you know, oh, well, UConn might not lose the seat, might not lose again. You know, UConn might, UConn is the team that's kind of get a head and shoulders above everybody else. and, And they proved, you know, hey, anything can happen on the road. Um, you know, I know Purdue's lost a couple games on the road. Kansas has, um, you know, all these teams that are ranked higher than Tennessee have, have you're seeing and even below Tennessee and even Tennessee as well. You're seeing these teams go on the road and, and not get it done Yeah, uh, because winning on the road, not just in sec, but in, in conference play is, is tough. So we'll take a win where we can get it. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad we picked it up and woke up in the second half. I, I think yes. I do think it's it's games like that that you're a little bit grateful for where the team doesn't play great and you still find a way to win because I think good teams do that and also coming out of the of the locker room and putting it together in the second half we played a much better game in the second half so we did that's that's what you want um, you know I, I think it might be hard to I, I always think about this as a coach you know it's it's difficult enough to get your team motivated you know, week, week in, week out, you play in two games a week. What kinds of speeches do you give them pregame? How do you prep them? It's hard to hide the fact that, hey, yes, I know we're going on the road, but we're going to go play a team that hasn't won a game in the SEC. And we're we're positioned right now to control our destiny. If we run the table, we're going to win the SEC regular season. So, you know, I, this is a definitely a game that you could see as a trap. And we didn't lose. So now, now the real challenge for Tennessee lies ahead because we, we're going through we're going through this meaty schedule right now um, where we had a bunch of games. I, I'm I'm upset we dropped that game at Texas A&M, but again, it was on the road and things happen. We get them at home uh, on you know this weekend on a Saturday that we got to play Texas A&M 8 p.m. late game. Becker um, Thompson Bowling Arena. Yeah, but then the stretch, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, and Kentucky, another revenge game there against South Carolina. That Auburn game is going to be wild. I'm glad it's home. Um, but, uh, man, yeah, this this stretch run is is going to be challenging. Do, do you think – okay, what do you think the odds are that Tennessee uh, wins all five of their next conference games? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, like you said, we do have A&M, which is actually the last unranked team that we play. We have we finished with four ranked teams, like you said, um, on the road at Alabama and then on the road at South Carolina um, after A&M and, and Auburn and then finishing at home against Kentucky. The odds, I will say, probably like plus 500. I, I, I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, to go down this stretch five and zero. This is, I mean, this is a this is. I remember earlier in the season, you know, at the beginning of the season, we were previewing. You know, we were talking about 
games to watch. And of course the Kentucky game was on that to watch, but I didn't think that we were going to have five ranked opponents or four ranked opponents back to back to back to back uh, to finish the season. I mean, that, that, that is going to be hard. If I had to pick a game to see that we, to say that we slip up against, uh, even though it's at home, that Auburn game scares me Mm -hmm. um, because Bruce Pearl, I mean, he can coach here. He's proved that. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's a hell of a coach. And Auburn is a team that's either on fire or can't make a basket. Yeah. Um, and if they're on fire, I'm going to be worried. Uh, that Auburn game scares me. And then probably the Alabama game scares me too. I think those are the two games that kind of scare me a little bit. I-, I think we'll take care of South Carolina on the road. Uh that I mean, a revenge game. They they beat us at home. I think it's only fair that we beat them at home. Um, so I'll I'll say I'll say plus five hundred, and I'll say that Tennessee's going to finish four and one down that stretch. But one. I will say that they're going to win the regular season SEC title in the number one seed. I, I think if we beat Auburn or if we lose to Auburn, I think we'll beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. And if we beat Auburn and lose to Alabama, I I can still see Alabama tripping up one, maybe two more times in that stretch. Um, I mean, they they barely beat Florida, yeah, last the other night, and and had some help from the referees to even do that. So I wanted to check Alabama's schedule and see how they finish out. So they they have to play Florida again, and it's at Florida. Yeah, um, they do play at Kentucky this Saturday, so that's a game right there they could trip up they play at Ole Miss on Wednesday they play us then Florida and then home versus Arkansas yeah there's a couple games they could trip up there they could legitimately lose three of those yeah I wouldn't be shocked and and, and in the same breath I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee lost three of the uh, three of our games yeah, either correct I agree. um yeah I mean it wouldn't shock me that's just how up and down the season goes and here's the thing if Tennessee does lose three of those games I mean, they're still going to be one of the best four teams in the SEC. They're still going to have the double bye. And it's not the end of the world. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you lose three of those games. You go into the tournament. Let's say you win the tournament or even come in second in the tournament or something like that. You're still going to be probably at worst a three seed mm-hmm. in the bracket. Um, if you win the tournament, you might be a one seed or a two seed probably, but it, it'll be tough to not have an SEC champion one seed given the gauntlet that you're going to have to go through at the end of the season and then an SEC play or SEC tournament play. Um, so, I mean, losing three of those games isn't the end of the world. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't, I don't, that, that would surprise me, but it wouldn't shock me. I agree. I think four and one is probably the most likely situation. If we're, if we're, if we're trying to say, Five and zero, four and one, three and two, you know, and just trying to put those in order of most most to least likely. I think four and one's probably most likely during this stretch. Three and two might be second most likely, mm-hmm. and then five and zero I think would be third because I think we yeah, could I run think the you're table. Right. Yeah, um, I think you're right. It wouldn't shock me if we ran the table. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I mean. I, it wouldn't shock me if we lost three games, and it wouldn't shock me if we run the table. It really wouldn't. I mean, because 
this is the time to get locked in. It absolutely could happen. I mean, I could see us run the table, win the regular season, and then like bounce out of the SEC tournament in our first game. Um, that yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't like that, <laughs> but it it also wouldn't shock me like being upset by like. Vanderbilt, South Carolina, or somebody. South Carolina or somebody, I'd be like, seriously, yeah. like, because there, because so. more than likely at that point, we'll be playing a team that's trying to either get into the tournament or play for position, and so they just right. might have a little more to play for. By the way, I was just looking at Auburn's final five games, so they go to Georgia. I know they just lost to Kentucky. They go to Georgia. They come to Knoxville. Uh, and then they've got Mississippi State at home. They go to Columbia, Missouri, and then they've got Georgia at home. So they've got the easiest By last far. five. Yeah. How many games back are they? So for, for the one seed, though. Yeah, they're so t- Tennessee. So okay, so Alabama's uh, in first at eleven and two. Tennessee's in second at ten and three, and then Auburn is tied for third with South Carolina. Both of them nine and four. So they're two games back. Okay, so I mean, Auburn should be looking at four and one, five and zero oh mm-hmm. in that stretch, and that would get you. I think that would get you a one seed if you go five and zero, oh, um, assuming that Tennessee and Alabama trip up. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be it'll be interesting. Like I said, this this we've had a rocky, a little bit of a roller coaster already in SEC play. And I feel like it's about to get ramped up a little bit because the, these games are all going to be very important games yeah. if you want that one seed, um, which we like. You know, I'd rather have very important games than just five blowouts down, we've down never, the stretch. We've never been a one seed. It would no. be amazing. It'd be amazing to do that this year. I just don't know. If, I don't know. I feel like we we made a couple stupid slip ups. The Texas A and N game aim stands out to me in the South Carolina game. Both of those, I think if we had those in our pocket right now, I think we still could finish three and two and we would still be a one seed, in my yeah. opinion. Those are the only two SEC games that we've lost, right? Mm. AM and South Carolina. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if we if we were undefeated, I mean, yeah, that'd be it'd be nice. <laughs> it'd be nice. I know. Um, I, I guess I'm saying we, we were favored in both of those games. Right, we were. And I think we'll be favored in all these games down the stretch, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tennessee is a really good basketball basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a reason that they're... That, like, if we go 5-0 and and we win the SEC tournament, I think they're a one seed. Yeah, well, I definitely, mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that <laughs> I think that's kind of a kind of obvious. I mean, you would have I I think you you'd have UConn, you'd have Purdue, you'd have Kansas, and and then us. Do I mean, okay. You know. So let me ask you this: Do you think we have to win all five of those games and the SEC tournament, and that's the only way we'll get a one seed? Let me look and see who's ahead of us. Because I don't think so. I think. I think it's possible if we were to win all five of these and then, like I said, lose the first game that we play in the SEC tournament or even win one, I think that would get us a one. I think if we lose, if we go four and one and then win the SEC tournament, I think that gets us a one seed. I think if we go three and two, I think we're probably 
that may knock us down to a three. I don't know. I think if we go five and zero and get bounced in the first round, yeah, of SEC play, I don't. I think it's probably going to be a two seed. I don't think getting bounced in the first round of SEC play is going to bode very well for mm-hmm. whoever makes the the bracket. I don't it think it's going to. Hasn't hurt other teams in the past. That, right. That used, you know, I'm just saying, like. But I mean, looking at who's ahead of us, like. Is UConn going to get bounced in the first round? I don't think so. Is Houston? I doubt it. Purdue, Arizona, like, I don't see any of those teams getting bounced in the first round. Um, yeah. I don't see Tennessee getting bounced in the first round either. But going 5-0 and down the stretch and winning the SEC tournament, like... Well, there's no doubt. I'm looking at... I'm, yeah, I'm looking at records. UConn's lost two games. Purdue's lost three games. Houston's lost three games. So realistically, those should be the one, two, and three seed. I mean, that even like, I don't see them losing the rest of the season or losing in their tournament play. Uh, and then it's going to come down to us in Arizona. I feel like mm-hmm. as a, as a fourth one seed. And if, if we run the table, you know, I mean, and win the SEC tournament, that's more impressive than winning the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. Sorry, it is. Yeah. Um, and so it'll, it, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked. I, I would love to be a one seed in the tournament. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, be amazing. Because it would take us out of Purdue's region, <laughs> yep. uh, which I do not want any part of. Um, but it, it would be nice. Let's transition into our big discussion of the evening, which, speaking of other schools and other fans, we are going to talk about the top five worst fan bases in sports. (laughs) Now, this is college sports, pro sports combined, you know, whatever. And if you are offended by anything that we say, then you're probably we mean the problem. It. Yeah, we mean it. <laughs> um, you are the problem. You're the reason that we're saying what we say. Hi, um, it's you. You're the problem. It's you. Yeah. Yeah, it's you. Sorry. Taylor said it best. Um, so it'll be j- kind of like the draft that me and Landon did. And we'll kind of have a couple of these going forward because I, I, I enjoyed doing that. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be kind of like the draft that me and Landon did. If a team is selected, a fan base is selected. They're off the board. You can't pick them. Um, so, once again, we mean all, you know, insults and, you know, complaints that you may have. It, it come, it, it's, it's because of you that you just I have said. So. One, I have one clarifying question before we start drafting. Mm-hmm. If we pick a college fan base, do we also have to be sport specific? For example, let's say I said UConn women's basketball fans. You could say that. Okay. Right. You could say that. I mean, I didn't have it, but yes, I will say UConn's women's basketball fans suck. So, yes, <laughs> absolutely. That, that's, that's a good not, point. I, right now, it's not in my top five, but depending on what you take, it could be. Right. Um, you can do that, or you, if you want to say the – all of the fans, you know, like if you just want to say UConn fans in general, you could say that too. Okay. I'll give it to you either way. But I will say this. If you take UConn's, let's just say for the hypothetical, you take UConn women basketball, 
I cannot take UConn's overall men's basketball or UConn overall. I can't take anything else UConn. Oh, okay, all right. So, uh, so yeah, okay. I I think that I think that'd be interesting. Okay, random number generator number between one and one hundred. Hundred, Justin, you can go ahead and pick your number. Hey, we already talked about Taylor. Let's go thirteen. Thirteen, thirteen. I will go eighty nine. Okay. To keep the Taylor hype up. Oh shit! Number twelve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Missed it by one. <laughs> um, wow, that was clutch. All right. So I'm assuming you want to go first. Yeah, uh, I go first. Five rounds. Five rounds, Justin. Why are you taking UConn women's basketball? <laughs> it's, it's funny. I think I could make a, a very solid argument for that. No, um, I'm. <laughs> I'm taking New York Yankees fans. <laughs> I'm. I am going to take as my number one overall pick, Kentucky basketball fans. Oh, well, obviously. <laughs> I think they're the worst. Um even worse than their football fans. But to me, their football fans are just funny because I don't know what planet they live on and what entitlement they've ever earned to think that they're anything. But Kentucky basketball fans are are the worst. Um, they're obnoxious. They are entitled. They, oh, the crying that they do about refs when everyone in the goddamn league knows that they get the most friendly whistle in college basketball is so obnoxious. It's Kentucky basketball fans for the win. Yeah, uh, they were on my list, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky basketball fans are the worst. And then you have to hear about it all year long. Oh, well, wait till basketball season. Wait till basketball season. I'm like, buddy, it's summer. Basketball season's a long way from now. Like, also, there's you know, other sports. You know what, what I've been saying for a little while is uh, Coach Rick Barnes doesn't give a shit about <laughs> about (laughs) your entitlement all right yeah i i think that's that's a good one one kentucky basketball fans Mm um pretty shitty uh i will take i feel like the obvious answer alabama crimson tide i'll say fans in general but specifically football fans for for the same reason that you said you know oh we never get the whistle buddy the SEC are headquarters are in Birmingham. Okay. Like it doesn't get more obvious than that, you know, um, for the last 20 years, you've had the greatest coach of all time and you have just ran your mouth about him and ran your mouth. Oh, well, we got a good recruiting class this year. You're gonna, best of luck to you. You're going to need all the luck that you can get. And you've smoked cigars on our face and you've done all this crazy shit that just, I mean, it's the worst. And your sister fuckers. That's the worst part about it is that's like incest and it's gross. And you guys are like openly doing it and it's weird. Um, and you know, and you're annoying and obnoxious and your, your fan your mascot is a fucking elephant and you're the crimson tide. That doesn't add up at all. At all. What elephant? I mean, like, I don't get it at all. I don't. I've never understood it. Crimson tide and then an elephant. What correlates there? There's nothing that correlates at all. Change your name to like the elephants and then it would make more sense because oh, I almost had something really mean to say, but I didn't. <laughs> um, 
you know what? Fuck it. Because half your fan base looks like elephants. So just change the change the name to the Alabama Elephants and just roll on like that. <laughs> A bunch of fucking inbred motherfuckers. Oh um, my goodness. Say how you really feel. Buddy, I hate Alabama fans. And if you're an Alabama fan, sorry. I hate you too. But you know who I hate almost as much as Alabama fans? That I will be taking with my number two pick. Who is it? The University of Florida fans. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Bottom line. I mean, if you gator chomp in my face one more fucking time, I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> I, 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 I hate Florida fans. They're rude. They're mean. They, they gator chomp and talk shit to little kids. I mean, and you were fans of a team that had a, that had a murderer on the team plenty of convicted felons you had you you praised a coach that hid all of the crimes that your team committed and swept them under the rug and you worshiped the ground that he walked on you, you have no moral compass whatsoever um and you know i'm glad that your team sucks right now i'm glad i'm glad yeah, it makes no. me very happy that you are in yeah, you are a bottom dweller in the sec and i hope you enjoy the bottom you fucking Florida fans. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> I feel like you're working through some things tonight, Kevin. Buddy, I hate Florida fans. Who's your number two pick? I'm glad you took that one because I have I have too many Florida fan friends right now and I felt like I couldn't do it. Um I don't have any. If you're uh, that's I will say that if you're a Florida fan, like if I meet somebody and they're like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, who's your who you're a fan of? Oh, I'm a Florida fan. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> And my wife would be like, oh, do you like that person? I'm like, no. No, no I didn't. No. Why? Oh, well, they're a Florida fan. They're kind of a douchebag. Uh, well, Kevin, you can't say, well, no, no. All he had to say was he's a Florida fan. He's he's dead to me. So that's that. Oh, well. This is fun. It's basically like a SEC hate fest so far. Um, oh, I got more that aren't in the SEC, but yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to take one that may be on your list. We'll see. Um now I do have fans, several fans, uh, friends that are that are part of this fan base, and just just know that I'm not necessarily, but maybe also sort of talking about you. I think Ohio State fans are really Ooh. obnoxious. Yeah, that's a good one. Not on my list, but a good one because, and the main reason is they, everyone, everyone knows good and well that there's a reason that there's this perceived SEC bias when it comes to college football. There's a reason for it. It's because the best football has been played in the SEC for a very long time. Now, I realize that the SEC was not part of the national championship this year. And and I said, preseason, you go back, listen to our first episode. I thought this was a down year for the SEC, and we might not even make the playoffs. So I think most years when things are in balance, you have a heavier uh, concentration of high-quality football in the SEC than you do in the Big Ten. It's much easier to run the table in the Big Ten. Now, things are changing. Things are changing. And as conferences realign and things move around, we'll see how it goes. But most years, you had guaranteed... Um, you had guaranteed least, 10 wins. In at the, least in the 10 Big wins, 10. probably, <laughs> in your conference. It, you know... You, you've you got one or two toss up games, but but come on, let's be serious. Um, and I'm not saying here's the thing: 
I realize Ohio State has played really good football and had a lot of good football players up there, but I just the there's something about the 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 distaste that they show and and it's it sort of counteracts the whole well media has SEC bias because Ohio State um absolutely hates the SEC and and everything about it because they feel like there's too much SEC bias. So I just think it's obnoxious. I think that you don't have to compare. You can just go on and win your conference and make it to the playoffs. And then once you get there, prove it, do something. And, and that's all you have to do. And uh, now that the conference, the playoffs expanding conferences are expanding. Let's just see how things go going forward for all of us. And then we'll talk. We'll talk in a few years. I, I like, you know, it makes me happy when Ohio state fans are like, Oh, well, you know, we're better than the SEC. We're better than the SEC. We'll, we'll see you guys in the postseason. Like, okay, we will. And then we see you in the postseason and we walk the floor with you. Like, yeah, well, we saw you in the postseason. Look what happened. You know, I mean, and they say it's like they, it's like they have like, like the men in black, like they get machine that, yeah, they get flashed. And it's like, they don't remember what happened in the last time, in the last bowl game that they played the SEC and how they got obliterated. I'm like, listen, buddy. I mean, we've seen it numerous times. You you get embarrassed, and you still say the same thing year in and year out. But you know, my, the only thing I would say to Ohio State fans that talk about the SEC in the playoff is, why don't you try making it to the playoff, and then you can talk, <laughs> and then we'll get there. So, Ohio State fans, you're annoying too. Not as annoying as Kentucky fans, but that is a good pick. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then I get the next one, right? Correct. You get the okay. wraparound. Yep. So <laughs> they're going to do a wraparound. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll step out of the SEC this time. And I am going to say that I think the Philadelphia Eagle football fans <laughs> are atrocious. On my uh, list. <laughs> I I just I think they're pretty renowned to be such. I think it's pretty miserable for most other fans to have to deal with them. And I don't know if they just if what is it what's in the water up there? What makes them so hateful? I feel like the Phillies fans suffer the same thing, but I'm not going to take the Phillies as well. We're just going to go Philadelphia Eagles fans and say that covers it. Yeah, I mean, listen. If you throw batteries at players, <laughs> You're kind of the scum of the earth, <laughs> and Philly fans do that uh, <laughs> on a regular basis. So, yeah, I mean, I will say in defense of Eagles fans and Philly fans in general, they they embrace it. Yeah. They know that they know they're terrible. They know that they're mean people, and they just meet it head on. Yeah, they're fine. So, kudos to them. I mean, I guess Dylan's, but to everybody else, they're like a bunch of assholes drunk assholes at that. Um, but I do like that pick. It was on my board. I'm going to stay in the NFL as well. I'm actually going to stay in the same division as the Eagles. Now I'm going to say Dallas Cowboys fans. <laughs> that was the another one on my list. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Listen. There are few things that get as old as saying we're America's team. Yeah. You're yeah. not America's <laughs> team. You were America's team 30 years ago. You haven't been to the Super Bowl since I've been alive. You haven't been to the conference championship since I've been alive. 
you you're not America's team. In order to be America's team, you have to win an American championship at some point in the last 27 years, and you haven't. You you're just a mediocre football team that every year gets in the playoffs and every year chokes it away. Every year. And maybe I feel a little bad for them because they do choke it away every year. But you know what? They're obnoxious and annoying. And they wear those stupid-ass giant cowboy hats all the time. Um, And it's stupid. And it's annoying. And it's dumb. And my dad's a Cowboys fan, and I have to listen to it all the time. I thank the Lord every day that he didn't name me Emmett. He wanted to name me after Emmett Smith, which is a great player. All (laughs) of fame player. But... Former Florida uh, Gator. <laughs> that that would have been too terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, a terrible name for two reasons. Yeah, like you said, a former Florida Gator. And then I would have had to be a Cowboys fan. I don't think I could stomach being a Gators fan, but I, I would have had to be a Cowboys fan because I'm known after their legendary running back. Um, so I will say the Cowboys, Cowboys fans are very annoying. Um with their whole America's team shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with my next pick to baseball. Big baseball guy here. Um, I'm going to take the obvious choice. The Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. <laughs> you're, so, oh my God. You're <laughs> ugly. You're ugly fans. You're just ugly, both physically and mentally and emotionally. You're, you're ugly people. Um, you're it's hard for me to talk so much trash because like they've they've broken the curse and everything against the Yankees and all that and they've won World Series more recent than the Yankees have. But I mean it was so long ago and your team sucks now. I don't want like when we bring up twenty seven rings and all that stuff, you're like, oh stop living in the past and you, then you bring up your World Series that you won in fucking twenty seventeen. 2019 or something like that. I, I, stop living in the past. That was five years ago. What have you done for me recently? Last year you finished in last in the division. That's on you, buddy. Um, but yeah, Red Sox fans, for obvious reasons, I'm a Yankees fan, so they have to be on my list. Red Sox fans, they suck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I want you to do it. Do it. Say, say what you're going to say. <laughs> do it because uh, there it's on my list what you're thinking well what i don't I know think you're thinking. i don't know i i'm not sure if we're totally in tune here um i have two <laughs> my last two are, I think are kind of funny um all right so i'll go with this one i'm just gonna say tennessee fans <laughs> okay okay that wasn't on my list but okay <laughs> I think we we're suck. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're the worst. I think we're we're just we're, you know we're just as entitled. We have the shortest memories. What have you done for me lately? All that kind of stuff. Um, I think that watching where it becomes very obvious to me, and actually, it's already going to be happening in football, probably starting next year, is that you watch Tennessee fans watch the basketball team. Uh, we have never ever had a basketball program. Yeah, you can talk to me about Ernie and Bernie. You can talk to me about Ray Mears. You can point to, you know, Bruce Pearl's run. But look, no one considers Tennessee a 
a basketball traditional program. We're not a blue blood by any stretch of the imagination. We've never we've never been a one seed. We've never made a Final Four. We we've only won a handful of SEC championships. I mean, we just don't have a lot of of history of success, and yet we lose we lose a couple games, and people try to start calling for Rick Barnes' head. And I'm like, what what planet? Do you live on like we've never had it as good as we do with Rick Barnes. It may just be that we're not meant to be like one of those top 10 national programs on a perennial basis. And that's fine. We've got football. Baseball's coming up. We can be good at basketball and just be okay with that. Like, that's fine. But then you got. Then you got idiots like me that are calling for the team to be saying, I miss the glory days when we sucked. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But then like the football team, like. We we have been going through the valley of despair. Uh, look at like the Butch Jones years, Derek Dooley, Jeremy Pruitt. The hits just keep on coming. Josh Heupel comes. There's no drama. We're playing fun football. You know we're not we're not winning them all, but we're we're showing a good trend. We have promising players and teams, are, and people are still like, I don't know if Heupel's the guy that's going to get it done. I don't just sh- shut up, shut up, like. Just appreciate what we have, enjoy the ride, and give the guy a little bit more time. Because guess what? Not that long ago, we were under the shadow of a huge NCAA violation that was hampering Hypel for his first few years. We got out from under that. That the SEC or the NCAA is trying to come and mess with us again. We're gonna shut them out this time and and lock the door. Um, but give this guy, you know, let's wait and see over the next like three four years. If if we and I know the conference is changing, NCAA is changing, but if this team doesn't make the playoffs, I'm going to say two of the next four years, then maybe let's have a conversation. But I think we will, and I think we're going to be in the running for the SEC title in the next couple years. So, like like let's just wait and see. If that doesn't happen, fine. But like just put it in perspective and be realistic and stop freaking out. Yeah. And stop being <laughs> disgusting sometimes at games. That's all. Yep. I, I will I will second that. I will say to your point of like Tennessee fans when, when we lose a game, they're like, oh fire the coach. We lost to Oklahoma in extra innings in Texas, and I get on Twitter and I see, oh well, Tony Vitello ain't the guy. I'm like, buddy, it's one game. We play sixty games. <laughs> Nobody goes undefeated in baseball. Like teams lose. Yeah. You know, at least we lost an extra innings. It's going to happen. Like, buddy, yeah. it's a long season. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a surprising pick, but it, it it's a good pick. I'm, and I'm glad you took it. Okay. And then my final one. Soccer fan. <laughs> oh, man, come on. <laughs> Just <hurts>. because <laughs> I feel like all soccer fans have a chip on their shoulder because they feel like. People don't get it and disrespect the sport and they've got to shove it in your face and tell you why you're wrong. If you think it's boring and look, just enjoy your thing. Just enjoy it. It's not America's sport. It's never going to be America's sport. Um, I went to a, a Orlando, uh, Orlando city game last year. I had a great time. Enjoyed it. I will probably, I'd like to go again this year. I didn't follow the team outside of going to that one game, but I thought it was fun. Uh, surprisingly, I did have a really good time. Um, it's just not my sport. I've tried to watch it. It's just not my thing. I love watching the World Cup. Just don't shove it in my face. I don't care. I don't care. People don't care. 
and it's never going to be America's thing, but it's fine that you enjoy it and you go enjoy your soccer. That's fine. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Kevin, did I, I hurt your feelings? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, as somebody who last night, instead of watching college basketball, I was watching Messi play. That, That's fine. That, I'm that not hurt. mad at you for doing that. Just don't <laughs> don't act like indignant and act like I'm below you because I don't enjoy soccer. Yeah, I mean, I will say that is that that because I don't under I don't hand up. I don't understand a whole lot of it. I've only recently got into it. Like once Messi came to America is when I really got into it. But it's like I don't spend my Friday. Well, my, they play every night. I don't spend every night of my week watching MLS soccer. Like yeah. I only watch when Messi plays. That's it. <laughs> That's the line. I'm only gonna. And listen, when he leaves, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only because it's Messi. That's the only reason I watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, soccer fans do get kind of annoyed, especially on the World Cup, and they're like. Oh well, you don't watch club league, so you don't understand this. I'm like, sorry for cheering for my nation. My bad. I'll just go back to doing what I was doing before and not be patriotic. My bad. Oh, um, let me also let me be also a little more even even more specific. American soccer fans is what I'm talking yeah. about. American soccer, like the guys that get up at seven in the morning on Saturday to watch the English Premier League. Yeah, that's stupid <laughs> get a life man get a life <laughs> i mean sad yeah i get on twitter and i'm like i see all these guys that i follow tweeting at 7 7 30 7 oh nottingham forest what a goal i'm like buddy i haven't even had my coffee yet yeah. and you're like you've been awake for like two hours what are you doing there's there's a reason that you got to get up so early to watch these games because it's not meant for you. It's meant for people in <laughs> Stick to your football. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's 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 not intended for you. Okay. I will take Mr. Irrelevant. Funny that I'm taking Mr. Irrelevant with this pick. The last pick that I have is another baseball team. I'm gonna take New York Mets fans. Okay. And the reason I'm going to take that, they're not obnoxious and they're not the worst fans to everybody else, but it's no secret. I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Yeah. And there is no team that has a little brother complex worse than the New York Mets. Uh, I have a lot of family members that are New York Mets fans, so I have to deal with it on a daily basis. Come baseball season, I truly believe that Mets fans would rather the Yankees lose than the Mets to win. It makes no sense to me at all. They have they take more joy in the Yankees losing than the Mets winning. And I'm like, worry about your own damn team. Like, your team sucks. They suck. There, there's a reason that there's a saying that's, that's as Metsy as it getsy because the Mets are known to be chokers. They're, they're, they're known chokers. I mean, they, they're chokers. They're chokers. They always have been and they always will be. Mm. And, and their fans act like they're just, I don't know. They're sewer rats. That's the best way to describe Mets fans. Yow. They're sewer rats. Stay, stay in the sewer 
Worry about your team that's with you in the sewer and leave the big boys alone. Uh, you're not bothering me, but you're annoying me. And when I'm watching the Yankees, I don't want to be getting text messages from the Mets fans saying, oh, wow, Garrett Cole gave up another home run. Meanwhile, the Mets are losing eight to nothing in the second inning. Like, shouldn't you be worried about your own team instead of coming after me about my team? So that's that. Mets fans, stay in the sewer. You're annoying. Your picks, Justin, Kentucky basketball, Ohio State, Philadelphia Eagles, Tennessee fans, and soccer fans. My <laughs> American, picks. American soccer. American <laughs> soccer fans. My picks, Alabama fans, Florida fans, Dallas Cowboys fans, Boston Red Sox fans, and Mets fans. Did you have any honorable mentions that you had left off? Um, not really. I mean, I think you – did you want me to say Yankees fans? Yeah, they were on my list because <laughs> I, I thought about it. I thought that would be funny, but um, yeah. because sure, but Yankees uh, fans it, are the worst. Yeah, I would throw that one on there. Yeah, I mean, I had Yankees fans on my list because listen, we are the worst. I mean, you get into an argument with a Yankees fan, and the first thing they say is, "Oh, well, we won twenty-seven rings. How many have you won?" <laughs> and it's like, okay, how many of those were you alive for? Um, but you know, I, I get it. We we. We're obnoxious Yankees fans. That's the best way to describe Yankees fans is obnoxious, loud Yankees fans. And you know what? I'm not going to stop being one. I embrace it. Kind of like Eagles fans who throw batteries. We Last year, we threw baseballs at players. You know, whatever. It happens. You get pissed off. Um, you know, I don't condone that, but it is what it is. I mean, very few teams have had pro players try to jump into the stands and fight them, but Yankees fans have on multiple occasions um, and it'll probably happen again. And so Yankees fans were on my list. I'm one of those obnoxious Yankees fans. I don't throw balls at players prefacing that. Um, but I mean, I, I boo our players all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just traded for Juan Soto and I'm over here like, give me more, give me more. I want more. I want this guy. I want this guy. And it's like, buddy, you just, Got a generational talent. Aren't you satisfied? Nope, not satisfied at all. Um, Kevin, so yeah. you, you said you said you don't throw balls at players, but uh, I know you wanted to talk about something where players might be throwing balls back at the fans. Unintentional. Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so as we wrap up, I do want to talk about two quick things. I don't know if you guys have seen on social media but fanatics the the brand fanatics they make the mlb jerseys and as spring training starting um you're seeing you know these jerseys being put out there was a lot of contra there was a lot of you know twitter discourse about the name on the jersey and the numbers looking quite terrible which i get that but today we had the first spring training game and it appears um, that the pants are see-through. <laughs> and, and that kind of runs into a problem uh, when you're uh, either gender, actually. That runs into a problem for both genders. Um, but, you know, you got baseball players on the field. And my lovely wife sent me a picture today, uh, a, a tweet of a Padres player bent over stretching. And you can see... <laughs> The whole nine yards, <laughs> you, you, you can see it all. It's not even hiding. 
Um, so, so hopefully they get that addressed before spring training or before the regular season starts, because I don't think everybody wants to see all these players nuts and peckers. It gives a whole new meaning to take me out to the ball game. Yeah. Take me out to the balls game. If you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, 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 I don't know if you've seen it, Justin, it is. Mm-hmm. Very, oh, it up. Um, it's very different. Graphic. After very you graphic. It, after you mentioned it, I was like, "Well, I mean, I'm interested to see what this looks like." And it is. You you do. There's nothing left to the imagination. When I went to look it up, I went to the X and I searched for see through pants. And oh, I'm sure you saw a lot. <laughs> and the the I mean, the top tweets are all about baseball. And the, one of the ones that I saw is actually Casey Schmidt from the San Francisco Giants. And it's like some posed photograph. And I think it must have come from Instagram because it's tagged and it says the Casey Schmidt mustache for photo of the day. But that is not what really is the featured attraction in that picture. (laughs) I I showed my wife that and she was like, is that his balls? I was like, yep, (laughs) those are balls. There they are. Those are balls. So... (laughs) You can tell what he's hiding under that jersey. Um, it is, it's, it's a fiasco, uh, but hopefully it gets resolved. Another fiasco that's going on in baseball, which I want to talk about real quick, um, is the big four free agents being Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, and Cody Bellinger um, are all still free agents. And as I said, spring training started today. For pitchers, pitchers and catchers reported like two weeks ago. So those you got two pitchers in that list and two position players, um, all represented by the same guy, Scott Boris, who is known as one of the best sports agents uh, in baseball. He, the thing that I want to discuss is, for a long time, Boris has been like getting players really good contracts getting them a lot of money. I mean, he was Alex Rodriguez's agent, and we know that Alex Rodriguez signed the largest contract at the time uh, to play with the Texas Rangers and then was turned around and traded to the New York Yankees the following year. Um, Boris was behind all of that. The way that Scott Boris does business is he doesn't – typically agents meet with general managers to negotiate contracts. Boris just goes – above the general manager and go straight to the owner to negotiate his contracts. And you're kind of seeing a standstill right now because those four guys are still left unsigned. All four should be on a team. All four are good baseball players. Um, but the general managers are saying, we're not do, we're not pulling the trigger because we're kind of tired of what Boris is doing. Uh, and it's, it's kind of sad to see as a baseball fan because it's like, buddy, like it's spring training. The the season's about to start. Can we get the best players out on the field instead of playing negotiation tactics till March 1st or whatever? But I just wanted to get like your thoughts on like negotiating tactics like that um, and also – like your thoughts on Boris as a uh, agent and if you would like him to represent you 
because he does represent a lot of players and he does get them a lot of money, but you're also running the risk of like getting screwed in a situation like this because the asking price that Boris was asking back in November, December for these guys was like $270 million. And they're going to be lucky to get like 90 to 90 to 120 million dollars if they're lucky. Yeah. I mean, I guess as a major league baseball player, you want to have an agent that's going to go out and try to get top dollar for you as you are like whatever your fair market value is. And maybe even a little more on top of that. I don't know. I, I think that the whole agency thing in sports in general is messy and dirty. And um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily better for everybody because it always tends to be a, a race for the biggest and best and highest contract. And who does that ultimately end up coming back on? It will come back on the fans because the higher salaries go for a team, the more tickets are going to cost, the more a beer is going to cost in the stands, the more money they need to make from TV and, and, and all this. Uh, and I get that like athletes have to make their money while they can because their careers are short and they can get injured. I just, I don't know. I, th- I I do want them to get what they deserve. And I know that, that major league sports teams make a lot of money and that money should be distributed to the players who are responsible for generating that money. But I, I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of agents are pretty like sleazy and slimy and like con men almost if, if you ask me and I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't trust this guy to, to hold my wallet for me if you're <laughs> if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah, I, I agree with with what you said. I mean, I, I don't know that I would want him to be my agent just given like his reputation. I mean, he's 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 a guy that as a Yankees fan, I can say this because we have a couple of guys that play for us. But we also have a couple of guys that don't play for us that are his clients that he uses the Yankees as leverage all the time. Mm-hmm. He'll sit there and say, oh, well, the Yankees have this on the table and we haven't made an offer to this guy at all. And the most notable case of this was with Garrett Cole's free agency when back in 2019, the Yankees were under the impression that they were bidding against the Angels for Garrett Cole because Boris was telling them that <laughs> a month later it comes out. I mean, Garrett Cole signs for the Yankees. A month later, it comes out, the Angels never even made a bid. And the Yankees were just beating against themselves the whole time. Um, And just raising Garrett Cole's price up. So, I mean, yes, I think players should get paid, you know, for what they're worth and what they bring to the table. But um, I I don't like his tactics of doing it, to say the least. And I don't like... I really don't like seeing these massive contracts. I don't think that that mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody is worth seven hundred million dollars. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think anybody. You can hit, pitch, catch, be the umpire. You can you can be bilingual. You can you can be, you know, the the best guy 
to ever play baseball. You're not worth $700 million, dude. Sorry. It's wild. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just my point of view. I like, there's some agents that do it the right way, as close to the right way as you can. I, I like those guys. Um, this guy isn't one of them. So hopefully those guys sign and don't miss too much because, you know, you are missing time. You are missing time getting to know your team, getting ready for the season. I mean, if you're you're missing time that you are, that is going to end up biting, biting the players in the butt too. You know, because now the season starts on March 28th, it's February 22nd. There's a reason pitchers and catchers report at the beginning of February because they need longer time to get ready. And you've got two, I mean, the reigning Cy Young winner in the National League is still a free agent. And it's like, eh, he won't be ready by opening day, even if he does come here, <laughs> you know? So it's like, eh, that kind of sucks. But I don't want to end on a somber note, so we will... uh just remind you guys to tell us your worst fan bases. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us why hate Tennessee. Us. We know you want to pile on Tennessee. Yeah. I took the first shot. Now bring it. Come on. Yeah. Tell us why Tennessee fans and Yankees fans are the worst. I just want to know. <laughs> I mean, I already know the reasons, but you, I like to listen to it from you guys. So just go ahead and tell me. And I'll just respond and say 27 rings. Um, <laughs> uh, tell us why you hate American soccer fans, you know? Sure, tell us that. <laughs> um, but if you have, uh, let, let us know your five fan bases that you don't like in sports. Um, we always like to hear from you guys, so please continue to do that. Yeah, uh, I want to give a thanks to you, Justin, for coming on this evening and talking with me and having a nice little episode. And a shout out to Joe for producing us and making us sound good. And until next week, we hope you guys have a great week and enjoy your sports, all, your sports all this week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and, of course, the scoreboards. Scoreboards.